Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR Magazine. And so this week, we are going to dive into a legacy brand. Um, I think it's always fun. I think that's one of the things, and, I, and our guest will agree, I have a feeling here in a minute, <laughs> that makes the uh, fast food space what it is and why it resonates you know, so much with people across the country, because I think it's one of probably the most American things that we have in this country is quick service food. Uh, you know, It's been around forever. And also, someone once told me, you know, if you really want to figure out what the American consumer is up to, just look at what they're eating. Um, and that's been true ever since I've been working here. So with all that said, we have Shipley's CEO, Clifton Rutledge. So Shipley's, I'll allow him to talk a little bit about, it. I guess the full name is Do Nuts, which as you might have. <laughs> well, yeah, it's spelled that way, Do Nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but it is, <laughs> it is Donuts though, right? So That's uh, correct. Yes, sir, it is. <laughs> All right, well, Clifton, um, you know, thank you for joining us, first of all, but I will open the floor a little bit to you to introduce yourself to people, talk a little bit about the brand, and we'll get into it from there. Sure. Well, well Danny, thanks again for, for having us on, and uh, you're correct. Uh, there's nothing uh, greater in uh, our country than some of the legacy things that are out there as it comes to food. Uh, Shipley's Donut is definitely one of those, of those legacy brands. It started... In 1936, if you can, I mean, that's you know, almost a hundred years, if you can, if you look at that and yeah. started here in Houston, Texas, uh, family owned, uh, you know, we make over 60 varieties of donuts. Um, you know, I'll talk a little more about our, our new marketing campaign that's called Do Happy. Um, and when you walk into one of our shops, that's exactly what it is. When you see all the colors and all the things that you see on on our on our shelves, especially if you're a little child, it's great to see the the faces just light up. But uh, we offer more than sixty flavors. We also uh, have savory kolaches. We offer several different varieties of of, of uh, kolaches, and uh, just launched coffee and cold brew uh, in our shops as well. And uh, Got about over a little over 330 locations in, in 10 states uh, that started with just one store back in, you know, one shop back in 1936. So it's kind of the Reader's Digest version of who we are. Yeah, and I, I guess Lauren Shipley was selling them for five cents a dozen, right? So <laughs> way back when, we've got, I've got a picture on my wall here in my office that uh, says that exact thing, five cents for a dozen. That's correct. So, um, why is there a hyphen in the name? I mean, do people pronounce it incorrectly all the time? You know, it, it's, I wish I could sit here and tell you, and we've actually even asked, you know, the family, the sisters and then, and, and Lawrence, you know, junior and, the, you know, and, and we don't know. It's just always been the DO hyphen nuts. And, uh, you know, it's, it's part of that legacy. Uh, who, who knows what, he was thinking back in 1936, but it uh, it separates us. I mean, everybody knows what donut, how you spell it, but uh, it looks good on our signs and on our on all of our merchandising for sure. All right. So tell everybody a little bit about your journey, your, you know, itself to get sure. to the brand. I know you were at Bojangles before. I was. Uh, uh, brand. 44th year, Danny, in the business. I started way back. I won't go into all that, but as a busboy at at Bonanza Family Restaurants. It was a steakhouse and yeah. spent many years there. I uh, spent 10 years with KFC back when it was 
PepsiCo, and then it was uh, you know young brands of today, uh, and then was with Whataburger uh, for 14 years as their COO, uh, and then the CEO of Bojangles out in uh, in the Carolinas, and then also helped the sale process and COO of a company called Jacks out of Birmingham, Alabama. So all kind of these legacy brands. I've been blessed uh, to work with uh, family-owned brands that, you know, either were sold to private equity or went public, like we took uh, uh, Bojangles public back in 2015. But uh, that's kind of my journey. I started as a busboy. I never thought I'd ever be a a VP of anything, much less a CEO. And uh, so I've, yeah. you either love this business or you don't. It's, uh, it's, it's in your veins because uh, it's hard work. Uh, but I love it because of not only the brands I've been associated with, but the people. And that's, uh, uh, you know, here is a, is a big thing of, of this company is the, the people that are here and the environment, especially here in, in Houston. Not very many things are more Houstonian uh, than Shipley Donuts, and uh, we're we're proud of that, and it's you know it's a blessing at the end of my career to to be with such a great brand. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I've said this before um, on with other guests in the past because it's what you just said has come up a lot. Where you know you have to love this business to be in it for a long time because <laughs> you do. Otherwise, you would probably be crazy, right? Like, well, why would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it's you know it's just one of those things. You either. Uh, whether it's, you know, Whataburger or hamburgers or chicken or donuts, it's, it's not about that per se. It is about the brand that you associate yourself with, no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's about the people, the people you work with, but also your customers. And that, that's why you're in business. And the great thing about restaurants is you never have the same day uh, back to back to back. It's just it's always yeah. something different. Yeah, same is true writing about restaurants. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. You know, when I first started doing this, I just like, you know, from your chair of operating restaurants, I never thought I would be talking about pandemics and, uh, you know, uh, spraying down tables and putting yeah. a plexiglass between tables at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> you know, all this kind of wild stuff. So, you know, uh that's just the nature of what happens here because it changes so much, but people wake up hungry. So we do it all over again. And we do. And that's the beauty part of it is everybody's got to eat. And uh, as long as you've got that craveable brand or that craveable product, uh, they're going to keep coming back. To, as long as you do it right, as long as you take care of the services there, uh, you know, what a great place uh, to be in America to be able to do that. Because if you've got a good product, you take care of the people, people got to eat. And uh, I've been blessed, like I said, to work with some uh, pretty iconic brands that that had really, really good food. Right. All right. So let's uh, let's go to the 2021. You joined the brand up until now. I mean, what what were some of those early kind of things you wanted to address? You know, we get into the first, you know, advertising marketing here going on and the coffee, too, which is interesting. I've seen that pop up everywhere, I think. I think people want in on that cold uh, beverage revolution. You even got, you know, Smoothie King now is coming out with a their own espresso. <laughs> so, you know, it's um, it's it just kind of interesting what's happening mm-hmm. there. But, but yeah, talk about those early days and, and kind of we'll talk through the journey of, of how you got the brand to where it is now. Sure. Uh, you know, it's, uh, Danny, when, we, when the company was purchased, 
uh, back in uh, late December of 20, uh, early of 21. You know, it was a family-owned brand, and uh, pretty much all of the, the shops were independently ran, per se. Uh, you know, one or maybe two locations. I think maybe the largest franchisee had a dozen, but that was like one. So the 300-plus locations uh, were onesie-twosies, and they were all independently ran, and it wasn't a brand per se. Uh, it was, yes, the Shipley brand out there, but they were independently ran. And so when you try to now bring that all under the umbrella of, okay, we're going to be a franchise or franchisee uh, relation, um, you know, change is hard. And, um, you know, it was basically um, a startup company is the best way I can describe it. Um, and that's not in a negative sense, but most startup companies, you know, they may not have the capital, they may have a product to sell, but don't have a marketing plan or anything of that nature. Well, we had a huge following, uh, of, of customers. I mean, an unbelievable following, uh, for that had the product, but there wasn't any process. There wasn't any systems in place to be able to long-term take that to the, the next level. So the first thing we had to do was to build our team. There was no team here. There was you know, no nobody in the field. There was no HR, no marketing, no IT. Um, so we started there and hiring a CMO, CFO, our VP of technology, HR, our field operations, which we call franchise FBCs, franchise business coaches. Sometimes they're called consultants. Our, French, our FOMs, um, and we built out that part of it. And then we built out the, the friend dev side far as the franchise developments piece of it, um, and then also field marketing. So that took some time. That took you know, a period of six to nine months to get all the, the, the correct people on the teams. And then we had to hire underneath, of course, all that uh, to, to, as we – started to build that out. We had to put in uh, POS, cash registers. There were no cash registers in any of the stores. So we had no way of knowing what was selling, what wasn't selling, um, what products were moving, uh, what products do we need to eliminate potentially, on and on and on and on. So we started that process uh, right out of the gate. Uh, and we accomplished that this year. Now all of our units all of our shops have NCR Silver Pro uh, POS systems in the stores, which allows us to do so many other things. Olo allows us to do order ahead, allows us to get into the gift card and loyalty that will, that will come. We started there. Um, and then we started to work on uh, our brand positioning. So we got this great company, this great brand that's been around since 1936. What does now the next 80 plus years look like and how do we take it to that next level? And so we interviewed many companies, seven or eight different agencies that could help, you know, celebrate the past and the history, but then also be able to carry us as we go forward. And Darren Mullenkamp out of Maine, if you can believe it, of all places, uh, is who won the, uh, the, the business from us. And that's where this do happy campaign came from, which we're all excited. As soon as they showed us the video of what they made and what they thought they could do for us, it was a slam dunk. 
we knew, we knew immediately the other six or seven didn't have a chance after after we saw it, and it allowed all of us to to rally around that. And so we're right on the cutting edge of, of doing those things that our branding of our new coffee that you talked about that we just rolled out. Um, we really didn't have a coffee program, a beverage program for that lack of better words. Uh, and now we do, uh, hot coffee is one thing. Hot coffee has been declining over the last four or five years, but iced coffee, cold brew is going up because as you were talking earlier, especially the younger generation, they want that, uh, yeah. that cold brew or espresso. So we were allowed to, uh, with that campaign, the first thing we did was use the do happy uh, brand positioning and, and blow that out there, as well as uh, we signed up uh, the very first time in Shipley's history. Uh, last week it was announced we are now the official coffee donuts and cold brew of the university of Houston. And so as they are getting into the big 12, um, it's a big thing for us. And uh, they were so excited to, to even have us and as excited as we were about it and being able to bring those two, you know, Shipley's and the university of Houston together at this big, big moment in time where they're going into the big 12. Um, you know, it's kind of like, little brothers growing up uh, from the University of Houston, even though they've been ranked and done some things here recently, but they're going to a much bigger conference. Same thing for Shipley. There's very few people outside the state may know who we are, but this gives us a, a big platform that we couldn't necessarily afford of being a part of that Big 12, and uh, especially with the coffee and getting it out there, uh, and of course, getting our name with the donuts and those types of things. So I could go on and on and on about all the other things. Uh, uh, Danny, I'll just say, end it with this. We had 192 initiatives last year in 2021. Most companies have three to five. <laughs> um, right. And we accomplished 160 of those and um, with a very lean team. And we're very proud of that. We still got a ways to go. There's no doubt about it, uh, but we're on the right path and we'll knock as many of these other 30 out this year as we can. Uh, and all the while we built 18 stores in 21. We built 20, are going to build 20 stores this year and 30 stores next year. So there's a lot of other things happening with all this that we're building. Our new support center that will be open by next August. It'll have manufacturing and our offices, a test kitchen and a, a state-of-the-art uh, Shipley where people can come in and see through the glass windows and all that kind of stuff of how things are made. So a lot, yeah. a lot of things have happened. And, uh, yeah, you've been busy. We're, we're so, I talk to a lot of restaurant people, and I usually tell them they're busy, but you're legitimately busy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of stuff you got going on. You know, and It I, has. You know, but when you love what you're doing, Danny, it's not it's not hard. You know, when you get up, I mean, everybody loves a donut. I don't care if you say you don't. If everybody likes a donut every once in a while, <laughs> so it's yeah. you know, it's hard not to. You know, that doesn't mean there's not problems or issues or things that come up because there are. But at the end of the day, hey, we make donuts. Let's don't let's don't let's don't make it too difficult. 
Right. And, and let's talk about the franchise side of this too a little yep. bit, you know, in terms of the operators that are coming in now and the ones that are growing from within. I mean, yeah. you know, how are they embracing all these changes? I mean, is it helping you draw on some, you know, bigger groups or prospective operators who just want to maybe add this to their portfolio? I, I think, you know, one of the reasons this category you know, of course, there's players in it who are very, very large. <laughs> you know, one of the yep. reasons that it's always been scalable, to your point, although you have a lot of things on the menu, but still, you know, it's a matter of this isn't, uh, you know, it's not frying Burger King uh, burgers in the back. You know, it's, uh, it's a model that can be replicated to success with consistency, and that's usually what a lot of people are looking for in their investments. So, I mean, how has that franchise, um, you know, portfolio just developed and, you sure. know, you, you have all these changes going on. You know, it's, it's, it's a great question and it's twofold. Um, you know, change is, you know, it's never easy <laughs> for anybody. And when you've got the existing franchise base, uh, those, like I said, one to two shop uh, owners, uh, change is hard because they never had, uh, you know, campaigns or never had cash registers, never had oversight or never had, you know, brand standards and all these things that the FBCs are involved with. And so uh, we do, we, we're very mindful of that uh, and are, are do the best that we possibly can of understanding of what change and the communication and all those types of things. But to answer what does it look like going forward, uh, we've been very blessed that we have signed up several uh, large franchisees that, like you were saying, that do want to add to their portfolio. And so instead of selling one shop or two shops, we're selling 15, 20, and 25. Um, and you're looking at, you know, the 10 states that we're in. We just signed a deal this week for 16 new stores, or new shops in Colorado. And we only have two in that, in that state. So this is a big deal for us. Uh, we signed 25 in the Northeast part of Georgia over to Spartanburg, down through the southern part of South Carolina. Uh, a 25 deal uh, was signed out in Maryland, in that part of the world. Florida, uh, as we're still trying to expand in Tennessee and other, other places. But we've got that larger group that's coming in uh, that sees that uh, there's an opportunity, uh, whether it's unit economics or to your part, the consistency and again, understanding that uh, everybody likes a donut <laughs> and they may have a burger chain or a chicken chain or some other type of chain. And this adds to that portfolio for them. And so uh, we're happy about that. We, we've signed up as of today, as far as signed commitments, um, 265 uh, deals. And that's a, a pretty big thing to take place if you look at that because that's not happening uh and and even in larger companies they're not signing up that many now that'll be yeah. over a five six year seven year time frame to get built but we have signed 265 uh commitments as of today and we're proud of that and uh, that's why all these systems that we, we talked about earlier have to be in place uh, because these more sophisticated franchisees or larger franchisees, their expectations are going to be high too because of what they've seen and the brands that they are running today. 
Right. Yeah, I think I think I saw on your website earlier just that you know something about the donut market being eight point four billion two years ago. <laughs> so, yep. It's huge. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's an amazing thing to consider, you know. But it, <laughs> um, you know, I don't. I think to your point, I don't. I don't really know anyone who uh, truly hates a donut. <laughs> well, if they do, yeah. we got to really talk to them. Yeah, yeah you're right. right. Yeah, there's something else going on there. Yeah, if you hate a donut, I don't. I don't know if I want to be <laughs> friends with you. That's you know, true. <laughs> you're probably just an unhappy person. Yeah, but, um, I agree. You know, and, and just kind of looking to, you know, in terms of markets and places this can go at, you know, and, and types of, you know, restaurants seems pretty much uh, very flexible on your front from end caps to non-traditional and so yep. forth. But I mean, where is the white space? You know, where do you look to grow right now across the map? And, you know, what are some, you know, you mentioned a couple of markets there, Florida, what have you, but what are some areas you think could be exciting in terms of the next five, 10 years that, Sure. Potentially, this brand can go. Yeah, let me start first with the actual physical box that you were talking about. I mean, our our, our home run spot is an end cap with a drive through. Now, guess what? There's about 20 other companies trying to get that same thing. Right. <laughs> so, from a real estate perspective, you know, it's it's tougher every day. But we do have uh, other, you know, now that we're uh, uh, as we call them, you know, freestanding buildings. As long as the the unit economics can get in there and do it, do it right. So, and we're looking at several different sizes uh, of locations, anywhere from a 14 to 1500 square feet up to, you know, 24, 2500 square feet uh, location. But you now far as the, the places that we're looking, like I said, we're in, in 10 States, but you know, the South Carolina, Georgia, Maryland, Florida, you know, it's wide open uh, Alabama. There's only one store in Alabama. And that's in Hoover, Alabama. And believe it or not, there's still white space in Texas. Um, so that's why we don't ever have to really go out of the southeast. Now, I know Colorado is not considered the southeast, but that's some Prius. Uh, we, we inherited some of that when the company was purchased in 21. And so we're going to do what we can to try to grow that market. And like I said, we just signed a 16-store deal for the Denver, Colorado Springs um, markets up there. But there is, you know, whether it's Buxton or Bain or, or McKenzie, whoever you want to look at from when you look at our locations, if you do, we try to do it by per 50,000 people. But if you look at it and you say it's 100,000 people, let's blow it out big, big time. That's like another 1,300 locations we could build in the southeast when you do the math on that. And so we've got plenty of room to grow. Um, but the key to that also is having the, the proper uh, foundation to be able to support that and the proper distribution to be able to get the food there. It doesn't do us any good to be able to build a shop if we can't get the food there to them at a, at a reasonable cost of what they're going to have to pay. And that's not as easy as that, that sounds. Yeah, no, definitely. That's usually, I would say, probably the number one reason brands who try to grow don't succeed at doing yep. so. <laughs> they get out of a market, they go to another market, they're really successful the first week, and then they start running out of ways to get food there at a cost they can afford. That's correct. There's a story as old as time. I, I actually clicked on North Carolina here because that's where we're located. And it looks like you have Chapel Hill available. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I lived in Charlotte there. I lived in Waxhaw actually, but, uh, 
you know, there's another donut company out there, as you know, and uh, in the Carolinas. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, we have people looking, uh, you know, several NASCAR folks are looking at this time. I have a lot of connections still back there from, from those days. But, but again, it doesn't do us any good to go plop one down in Chapel Hill or by Duke or by who, whatever, if I can't get the product to them. And so there has to be a, a strategy built on that. And most places need, you know, 20 to 25 locations uh, before you can really turn on a DC a distribution center that's profitable for whoever is delivering to you. Um, and so that, that's something we are, we're very mindful of before we just start planting flags. It's not about that. It's about opening shops, but opening successful shops, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so you mentioned this a little bit earlier about, you know, obviously rebuilding the team. And yep. I would say alongside what we mentioned there about supply, that's probably the next uh, biggest problem that growth brands have is they, you know, you can probably do something great yourself, but then when you get five of them and you're trying to rely on other people and you realize you yourself can't do everything. <laughs> so, you know, it's always this idea of I've got to try to hire people smarter than me, but sounds uh better than sometimes easier than it actually is. But talk a little bit about that right now, the leadership. You know, I know Donna is also a big part of what's happening yep. in terms of the CMO, but how much just time and, you know, effort have you put into surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, as you get ready to do all these things? And sure. I mean, just how vital is that? And, and how do you really go about it? I guess if you're. Well, I, I say that, you know, the very first thing is, is, was critical. That's the very first thing I talked about today was that getting the team in place. Uh, you know, I managed by what's called the five perspectives, leadership and communication, people, you know, and then you get into technology and the supplies, processes, and, you know, of course, finance. But having your team, you know, I, I've, like I said, I've been blessed to uh, have great people that I've worked for and great people that I've worked with. Um, and that's no difference here. Uh, the team that we've built, my wife flew in for, you know, last night uh, for this award that I got today. And I think the Clifton got the award. Shipley's got the award. You know, I was recognized, but the only reason I was recognized is because of the team that's here. The key to that is, is making sure you hire the, the, the proper people in this instance that want to be a part of building something. And what I mean by that is there was nothing here. So we didn't have operations manuals. We didn't have orientation. We didn't have any of that. <laughs> so... If you want to be a part of growing something and building something and putting your name to it, whether it's IT, whether it's marketing, whether it's supply chain, whatever that it was, then this is the place for you. If you're wanting to come here and just maintain something, this is probably not going to work out for you. So finding that, and we interviewed a lot of people, uh, but I'm blessed. That, I mean, this is like I said, my 44th year. I wish 30 years ago that I had the same team that I have today. Now, I got yeah. to handpick it. That's the other part. Uh, very rarely did I get to do that. I always inherited or I was able to promote, no doubt about it. I mean, I had 25,000 employees at Whataburger and was involved very heavily there, but there was a lot of people that were there before me. They were great people. But in this case, I got to interview and hire or be a part of hiring every single person that's here. Everyone yeah. that's, in, that's in this building. And that's, 
that's special. I mean, that's just really special when you can say that you've done that. And then you get to see even the year and a half that's here, whether they were promoted in that time frame or we gave them extra money because of them doing a great job or gave them options of stock. You know, uh, those are the types of things that really make a place special or is the people and the culture and the culture is on us. And, you, you know, it's up to you what that culture is going to be and look like. Uh, and, and again, you have that opportunity as well. Uh, it was a really neat thing today is that not only were the people that were with me and my family that were cheering when we got recognized for the award, but the other 500 people that were in the crowd, they went crazy. Well, they're there also with their folks that they're celebrating. And the person that was doing the emceeing goes, you know, I don't want to be prejudiced, but I think he should win everything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's exciting to be a part of something like that, if, if that makes sense, Danny. It does, you know, and I think the fact that you could hire good people says something about you, Clifton, because uh, I'm one for four in my life of hiring, as I tell people. <laughs> Three of the three of the four people I've hired, I would not brag about. Um, well, you know, hey, it, it, it works both but, ways. Uh, so you, could, you could put me in that spot if I don't know that it would go well. You know, so. <laughs> oh, don't cut yourself short. You never know. You never know. It's uh, again that that old saying about hiring people that are smarter than you. I I, I'm, I do a very good job of, of keeping what I do well, and people that can do it better than me. I don't care if I wind up reporting to them someday. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, that's the thing. People, when you hire good people, they usually make you look better and you get promoted do. because they did something. That's a, it's a lesson we all need to learn in life. I feel that's like. why I won that award today. It wasn't because of Clifton. I can promise you. It's, uh, you know, the, you know, now we have, we went from five employees to 52 employees in one year. So it's about those 52 outside of our manufacturing. You know, we had right. twenty people over there, but uh, it's man, it's, five five employees. That had that was that that's it. Be pretty pretty interesting. Five. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, it, it gave you a slate to build on, though. So that's it did. That's a pretty unique opportunity. You know, and I, I it think did. It's 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 gone extremely well, and you know, we still have a lot to do, Danny. There's there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know. But there's so many good things that's been accomplished. And it's been tough. I mean, in the middle of COVID, with all of this, uh, you know, now with all the you know, inflation and the prices of commodities and all the other day-to-day things that you have to deal with, you know, we still can hold our head high and, uh, and be proud of what we're doing. And like this thing with the University of Houston. Right. You know, most people are cutting back on what they're spending and, we're going the other way. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I look forward to people watching it on TV and going, do nuts. <laughs> no. And it does say do nuts, but it's not. It's donuts. So. <laughs> right. Um, so before I let you go, though, Clifton, just we want to talk a little bit about the maybe what's next in the future. I mean, I know the marketing campaign is kind of what's on deck here. And then, sure. of course, the coffee. Um but maybe just what people, if they want to keep their eyes out, what they can expect for the brand here. Sounds yeah, like a lot, think, lot of growth is on the table here too. I think the big thing for us right now is twofold. Uh, we want to, uh, we're about halfway there for all of our shops being signed up with Olo, uh, which our brand is perfect for that as far as the order ahead. Um, and yeah. the, you know, whether it's Grubhub or whether it's Uber Eats and those things, getting 
that availability for everybody uh, and our and our consumers and customers uh, is a big thing because uh, that way they can order twenty dozen and not go in and buy twenty dozen and just cripple the store because uh, that pretty much going to take all the donuts. Right, and and embarrass themselves. So, <laughs> so. so that's one thing. The second thing is, and we won't, we will not get it accomplished this year. But that's the loyalty and gift card, whether it's e-cards or uh, regular hard cards. Um, that's a, a big push for us that we want to have for next year on the holidays. Um, we also want to look at doing, you know, again, as we put in coffee, our whole beverage platform, it has opportunity, whether that's going to be in energy drinks or teas or lemonades or all of those types of things, but it's got to be something that we put in that, that's not going to, you know, put a log on the track in our kitchens. That's easy to be able to do, um, and so we're looking at some things there that's in test now. And we also want to look at some product development. They've never really done anything like that. It's always been let them do what they want to do out there. But whether that or is some. You know, things made with our donut yeast mix that's a croissant. And so you got a ham, egg, and cheese or sausage, egg, and cheese croissant uh, made from, you know, the Shipley donut uh, uh, yeast. So th- there's some things that we want to look at going forward with that. Uh, also, continuing with what we do with our communities, whether that's Habitat for Humanity, uh, whether it's now this uh, sponsorship with the University of Houston, um, and again, just going into these these states uh, that we're, you know, a little bit in, we want to make sure we seed them properly. Uh, but again, we, we don't want to bite off more than we can chew uh, from that aspect. But, uh, you know, we got some exciting things coming. And I think the beverage platform starting there, the technology side from the platform of Olo and eventually getting to loyalty and gift cards. And then, you know, let us, start playing around having fun with some of this uh, R&D from what some new products could look like. I mean, like it's kind of the wide open for us as we go with that. So we're, we're ready to start to get to some of that part of it versus just the day-to-day building processes and ERPs and all that kind of stuff inside the office. Right. Yeah. And no, I think you did the hard work um, and now it's time for <laughs> have some fun. Yeah. Do happy. <laughs> Well, it's another thing, as I'm sure you hear all the time, if you're not having fun in the quick service business, you should probably be somewhere else. So, Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about it. You know, the other day I got, you know, I got a package that was like biscuit flavored beer or some ridiculously strange thing. And <laughs> that's what fast food is, though, right? So um, <laughs> keeps you keeps you entertained. But it does. It does. Well, Clifton, thank you so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate all the insight. Definitely going to be following along. I, I can't tell you that I'm a University of Houston football fan, but I'll be excited for you from over here in North Carolina. That's okay, sir. I, I get it. I'm a Razorback, so that's that's okay. So. Yeah, I'm actually a Gator myself. But ah, uh, SEC, um, that's not bad. You're still no, all yeah, in the same yeah. place. So. Yeah, and different sides of the SEC, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're not enemies. Um, that's players. correct. That's correct. All right, cool. All right, well, thank you so much. Um, and as I said, you know, we'll we'll be following along. So, all right. You know, thank well, thank you. you so much, Danny. You have a blessed day, sir, and we'll hopefully talk soon. And you too. And for everybody out there listening, as always, thank you. We'll see you next time.